live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Last night's game. Amazing game. Wild game. Now, here's the thing about that game. Here is the thing about writing enormous checks with your enormous mouth when those checks rubberize and they bounce. It gets very ugly very quickly, especially when you're bouncing checks in Kansas City, especially when you're bouncing checks and Travis Kelsey is around. As the Bengals and all of Cincinnati, including their mayor, found out yesterday. Hey, Bengals, come to find out the Chiefs did see you all at Burrowhead. And then they beat you all at Burrowhead. And now hopefully nobody ever uses that name or utters the word Burrowhead ever again. Oh, that is so amazing. That, Alvin, get that ready. That was so incredible in the moment last night when Travis Kelsey did that drive-by during Mahomes' post-game interview on the field. But to listen to that guy show up right now and laugh like that with that energy and that disdain, that is incredible. I'm not even kidding. That is one of my favorite moments in recent years in all of sports. That reaction is freaking priceless. Incredible. Even for a Kelsey, that's incredible. Alvin, I do need that one more time. (laughs) Woo! Burrowhead my ass! Woo! It's Mahomes' house! I mean, maybe the five greatest segments ever. Him leaning into that with that crazy laugh to start. Like he could not wait for the nation to hear that. Alvin, I'm sorry, but one more time. (laughs) Woo! Burrowhead my ass! Woo! It's Mahomes' house! I mean, I don't know what kind of adrenaline that guy was running on. I don't know what he had to do to get ready. But remember, we're talking about a guy that injured his back Friday at the end of practice. And there was a big question as to whether or not he would go. He sounds all right to me, Alvy. <laughs> Woo! I would tell you I'm sorry. I would tell you I'm sorry that I keep playing that, but I can't get enough of that. That is incredible. And you know I love you, Cincy. You know I love you. You know I love me some Bengals. But you just do not disrespect the Mahomes house like that, and you do not disrespect Patrick Mahomes like that. You do not. 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 You do not bring him in. No. No, you do not. So yesterday, Mahomes reminded everybody why he is the best player on the planet. Because frankly, fair or not, there were questions about that coming in. I mentioned it myself. If Joe Burrow went into their house and beat him again, then we have a legitimate question. Who is the best quarterback in the NFL? There were lots of questions. And Mahomes heard all the questions and did not say anything about them. However, when he hit the field last night on that bum wheel, not only did he grit out a legacy-type performance on that bum wheel, he even managed to make the deciding play with that bum wheel, a play that's going to live on forever in Bengals infamy. Mahomes has got the snap. 
Mahomes avoids the rush. Down to 10 seconds. Mahomes is going to try to run for the first down, and he will. Osai there, and a flag down. A late hit as body spilled out along that Cincinnati sideline. Personal foul, unnecessary roughness, defense number 58. Wow. Penalty 15 yards from the end of the play. Automatic first down. Bucker, snap, placement, Bucker's kick. He's got it! Kansas City in front with three seconds remaining. You know, on the list of worst possible ways to lose an incredible football game, much less a football game that puts you in the Super Bowl, that's got to be right near the top. There's no way around it. That's a blunder. That is a big-time gaffe. A mistake, certainly, but a mistake that cannot happen. In fact, I'm going to ask Eli Manning what he thinks about that. Like, on the one hand, I understand what happened. Osai is flying. It's right at the marker. It's a bang-bang play. But you cannot make that mistake with the Super Bowl on the line. You have to know where you are. I mean, essentially the worst time ever for one of the worst mistakes ever. And that's about as devastated as you're ever going to see a player after making a mistake like that. Him on the sideline, absolutely crushed. And I felt badly for him. And, of course, on social media, everybody was just murdering the guy, piling on. Believe me, nobody felt worse about that than him. No Bengal fan, no gambler, nobody. Nobody felt worse than that guy about that play, except you can't make that mistake in that situation. You can't. I want to be clear about that. You cannot make that mistake in that situation. Having said that, you cannot pin the entire loss on that dude. Everybody will remember that play, but that was far from the only bad Bengals play. They had plenty of opportunities to win that game. It was not his fault that they lost. And don't pin it on the refs either. Not that the ref show had another good show because they didn't. In fact, it was one of the worst ref shows ever. But the refs did not hit the quarterback late out of bounds. The refs did not throw two picks in that game. The refs did not get the ball back with two and a half minutes left and two timeouts in a tie game. Joe Burrow and the Bengals did. Burrow and the Bengals had ample opportunities. They had the ball two times in a tie game inside the last seven minutes, and they went INT punt. They also had to settle for a couple of field goals in the red zone. The Bengals had opportunities long before that late hit on the sideline. They just did not cash them in. But you had to know that the Chiefs would when they finally had their shot at the end of the game. Bad wheel or not, there was no way Mahomes was going to let them lose that game. No way. You saw it from the very jump. You saw it from the way was ca- the guy was carrying himself. He was not going to let them lose. And then when it was over, it took about one second for the Chiefs to say, yes, yes, we saw and heard all that vomit pouring out of the Bengals' mouths. And yes, we saw Cincinnati's mayor make it so much worse. I mean, honestly, mayoral and political smack in and around sports is already the dumbest thing ever. It's never cool. It's never fresh. It's never funny. It's always lame, and it's always dumb. However, in this case, this cat went full next level with it. I mean, I've never seen that kind of political smack involving a game. Normally, it's a couple of moron mayors offering to bet whatever the city is known for. Not this time. 
Like I said last week, bulletin board material is a funny thing. Like, it's one of the lamest things ever in theory, right? Of course, elite athletes and professionals should not need it and don't need it to motivate themselves. But understand who you are dealing with. Elite professional athletes. And they're constantly looking for any edge, any fuel, any additional motivation that they can get anywhere at all. I mean, to us, it makes no sense, no sense whatsoever. But to them, they will take any little edge, any little thing that they can get. And if they feel like they've been disrespected or slighted, they will use it. I said it last week. Remember, Michael Jordan flat out, flat out would make crap up. He would make crap up to get himself hyped up. Except the Chiefs didn't have to make anything up because the Bengals gave them so much material to work with, starting with all that burrowhead nonsense. (laughs) Whoa! Burrowhead my ass! Whoa! It's Mahomes' house! What a legend. Travis Kelsey, what a legend. I've been saying most of the season that He's the greatest tight end ever. He might be the greatest human being ever. And that, of course, was not the only thing that he had to say about what the Bengals had to say. In fact, far from it. Because then he did set his sights on the Cincinnati mayor, and he made sure to ask that politician exactly how his ass tastes. How about this beautiful trophy? Huh? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You got to fight for your right to party. Man, I love this cat so much. (laughs) Best sound ever. You know what that is? That is Shopify's new sales sound. If you don't know what that means, I'll tell you what it is. That's your sign to, this year, finally forget about those run-of-the-mill resolutions and instead start your own New Year's revolution. It is the sound to start selling on Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. It doesn't even matter what you're selling. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up right now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Rome, R-O-M-E, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash Rome to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. Now the only question is, which Kelsey brother do you like better? It's almost impossible to say. I mean, seriously, what is better than the Kelsey Sibs? The answer is, the Kelsey Sibs in the same Super Bowl. That's never happened, but it will now. And what the hell? is the Cincy mayor thinking or doing saying that a paternity test would be an official proclamation that they needed to find out whether or not Burrow was in fact Mahomes' father. 
I guarantee you that Mara thought that was the coolest, freshest, funniest thing ever when he popped that out. Dude, the hell are you doing? The hell are you thinking? Kelsey's right. Know your role. Shut your mouth. Especially if you ever think about going there again or saying the name Mahomes out your mouth. Out loud. Paternity test smack works way better on Jerry Springer. Who, come to find out, was a way better mayor of Cincinnati. Not my take. Of course, another incredible Travis Kelsey take from yesterday. Said enough about the Cincinnati mayor. <laughs> it was it was Cincinnati was a better city when Jerry Springer was a mayor. <laughs> Dude. I mean, again, best tight end I've ever seen, but his smack might be better than his play on the field. Enough about the Cincinnati mayor and wait while I tee this fool up again. Enough about the Cincinnati mayor, except Cincinnati was much better off when Jerry Springer was mayor. It was Cincinnati was a better city when Jerry Springer was a mayor. What an all-around legendary performance from Travis Kelsey. On the field, of course, but especially with the mic. I want to be very clear about this. This dude does not need one. He's welcome to call this program anytime. It's been a few years since we had him on. He can call anytime. Any hour, any day that he wants. Even on Smack Off Day. Especially on Smack Off Day. That dude was born for that event. So I'm just going to throw him a golden ticket right now. He earned it. He may not want it. He may not know what it is. TK, there's your golden ticket, bro. He'd murder it on the Smack Off. You're invited. Because you make it better. But he was far from the only one who couldn't wait to swing back at the Bengals. And again, you know me. I actually picked them on Jim Rum's big head bets. I love the Natty. I love the Bengals. So it's not like I'm here to pile on. But man, there was some dumb decision making by some of those guys leading up to that game. Even Patrick Mahomes, who never talks smack. Well, his dad got into it too. Patrick Mahomes Sr. got in on the fun when he told a local news station in KC that he was, quote, smoking on a Joe Burrow. You got a cigar of your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow. I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. How's it feel to be headed back to the Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my baby boy did what he always do. You know, he's going to show up and, and show out, and I'm just glad he did it. He's right. Quote, My baby boy did what he always do. He's going to show up and show out, and I'm just glad he did it. I'm telling you about Mahomes, man. I cannot believe how gritty this dude is, how tough this dude is. I mean, that was an amazing effort last night. We already knew he could make every throw. We already knew that he's already one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But this dude's grit and toughness and sheer determination and will are freaking off the charts. Pat Sr., feeling it. I could not have put that any more perfectly myself, and that's exactly why I did not understand all the talking, all those enormous checks that Eli Apple and Mike Hilton and the damn mayor were writing with their mouths all week long. You know I love the Bengals. I love their vibe. I love their swagger. 
but all that talking was nearly as boneheaded as that late hit. Why give that team that fuel? Why give that team any fuel? Since he, you messed around and you found out. You messed around and you found out, quote, Burrowhead my ass. Burrowhead my ass! Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Eli Manning. Eli, great to have you back. How are you? I'm doing great, Jim. How are you? Good, dude. Good. You and I will talk oatmeal and more momentarily, but I got to get your thoughts. Not that we didn't already know, Eli, that Patrick Mahomes was already trending towards being an all-time great, if he's not already that, but how impressed were you with the way he was able to grit and grind out that unbelievable win over the Bengals on one leg last night in Arrowhead? Yeah, it's really impressive, Jim. And and some of the throws he made, um, you know, when he was on the run and moving in the pocket – off balance, off one leg, and still to make these, you know, kind of unscripted uh, uh, plays were just incredible. That's what, kind of what I thought he wouldn't be able to do. Like, we're going to lose that part of Patrick, which is, you know, going to make it a little different for him. He made all those throws. It was the throws where he was sometimes just in the pocket. It was clean. And that's what sometimes you kind of think about that ankle, like, oh, I got to think about this. He stepped a little different, and he missed, you know, he didn't miss many, but he missed a few throws when it was, almost easy, but uh, the, his ability just to make, um, make, make, some, make some throws on the run, moving around, the final you know, play, offensive play where he's able to run and get the first down, get out of bounds, get the penalty, uh, just shows his, his dedication, his commitment, and, and just his ability to, to rise to the occasion. Only another elite quarterback would know. Well said. I appreciate that. Now, Eli, notice I said Arrowhead and not Burrowhead. I'm not saying that Mike Hilton's saying that they were heading to Burrowhead or Cincinnati's mayor asking for Burrow to take a paternity test to prove that he wasn't Mahomes' dad. I'm not saying they had an outcome on that game, but can we all agree that those were pretty dumb things to say and do given who they were playing? Yeah, I, I think so. I think they should have, you know, I think a little bit the Bengals, um, just with everything that went down earlier versus the Bills and some of these playoff things, how they kind of thought they they were, um, you know, kind of there was billboard, billboard, billboard material, you know, that the, the Bills had already sold tickets to that neutral site and this and that. You know, they should have understood, hey, don't make other billboard material. And so they, they gave that to Kansas City. It's like I don't think you get more up for a game, uh, for for a championship game, an AFC championship game, but just uh, you, you don't need to do that. I think there is some, you know, kind of learn how to handle handle the success and and handle everything going on, and and don't you know don't don't do that and, and put your team at a disadvantage. So it might not have played into. Uh, a difference, but it's just uh, probably not the smartest thing to do. NFL great Eli Manning joins us once again. Eli, I'm curious, when you look at Joseph Osai, he was clearly devastated for that late hit on Patrick Mahomes that set up the game-winning kick. Can you see where the momentum from a guy trying to make, make a play might carry him off the field like that? Or can you just not make that mistake ever in that situation? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those tough plays. And, and for me, you know, with, with guys and, and, you know, that's an effort play. It, it's not a it's not a mental mistake. It's not a doing the wrong thing. Hey, you didn't know your playbook or you didn't prepare. That's a guy, you know, trying to, you know, trying to make a stop uh, near near the end of the game to try to win a game and, and help your team. And, and, you know, he went one step too far out of bounds uh, and makes the hit. And I think as a ref, you got to make that call. It was a late hit. It's on a quarterback out of bounds. They're always looking to protect those quarterbacks in, in that scenario. And so it's just one of those things. You, yeah, you can't do it, but you, you feel for him because, you know, he's just trying to, you know, play play to the whistle and and, and, and help out his team. And, and so I'm unfortunate, and it was, it was tough to watch him there on, on the bench afterwards. He was uh, obviously upset because he'd worked so hard and done everything, you know, so well. And, and to have that play is just, um, it, it was tough to see, but um, that's just, that's football. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to understand when to, when to let, let up a little bit and, and where the extra effort uh, can be harmful. Eli Manning is appearing courtesy of Quaker and Quaker's pre-grain contest, which we are going to hit on in a minute. So, Eli, what about the early lean, right? The Eagles were installed as early two-point favorites. What do you think about the matchup? I know we're early. We're two weeks out. But what is your early lean on this game? Well, I think you look you look at the Eagles. It, it pains me to say this a little bit, but they're playing really, really good football. And their defense has just been uh, has been tough the last two weeks uh, and, and getting pressure, getting turnovers, uh, you know, not, nothing is, they're not giving up anything easy to the opposing offenses. I mean, every first down that uh, the offense get is hard earned and, and feels like you've overcome something and you've done something great just to get a first down. And so uh, their defense has been great. And then their ability to run the football and whether it's, you know, one of their three running backs running it, whether it's Jalen Hurts running it, and then some of their RPOs, uh, where they're just kind of having reads and, and getting the ball out in the flat, throwing little slants. They're basically right like run plays. The ball is getting out quickly. There's not a whole lot of chance for uh, anything bad happening. So they're they're protecting the football and and shortening shortening the game by the by the style of their offense. And it's impressive to watch. So um, I think it's a great matchup. I think it's the the two uh, best teams in each uh, in each conference. They've been the best teams pretty much all year. And uh, for them to end up in the Super Bowl uh, will be a great matchup. Eli Manning joining us. Eli, I'm curious. Nobody understands what comes along with playing quarterback in New York more than you do. I'm curious, where do you come out on Zach Wilson? For instance, do you believe he has what it takes to be a QB1 in New York with the Jets? You know, I don't, I don't think you can judge judge a quarterback by, by um, you know, in two years and, and necessarily make that uh, make that answer make that uh you know kind of decision right now just because it's hard it's hard coming to new york it's hard from a you know certain colleges offenses and coming here and just trying to put everything together and just uh it's an adjustment it's an adjustment to your uh not even to the the the, um to the physical part of things but just the mental part of handling new york it is not it is not easy there is a lot of pressure and they'll make you the greatest and they'll make you the worst the next week. And it's a quick flip and it's, it's hard to adjust to that and handle that. So I think, you know, you, you still got to give the, give the kid a chance, let them, you know, see if he can just, you know, learn, um, you know, the best ways to work, the best ways to, to learn, you know, this offense and get things going and to um, be a leader of the team. So I, I think it's just too quickly to judge that. 
you know, I know from anybody, it, it takes time. It takes time to, uh, to, to, you know, figure out this game and, and how to play at a higher level. And everybody go, you know, kind of can learn that at different stages and can take, you know, an extra year or two. And, and you got to give that to some of these quarterbacks. Eli Manning is my guest. All right, Eli, you are once again working with Quaker. Tell us more about the Quaker pre-grain contest. Yeah, I'm excited to, to partner with Quaker uh, to invite fans to share how they pre-grain before the big game and a chance to attend next year's Super Bowl um, in Las Vegas. So uh, to enter the contest, fans can head over to TikTok, follow at Quaker, and between today and February 12th, which is Super Bowl Sunday, you can upload your own pre-grain video sharing how they prepare with Quaker Oats. And so use the caption, hashtag Quaker pre-grain, hashtag entry. And so it's a great uh, a great contest. Upload your video, and you have a chance to go to the Super Bowl next year. That's a good time. He's appearing courtesy of Quaker and Quaker's pre-grain contest. Eli, how about one quick thought going out the door? I know you'll probably tell me he's not asking for your advice, but if Tom Brady came to you and said, Eli, what do you think? What should I do about running it back one more year or walking it off right now? What would you tell him? You know, well, I, I'm certainly not going to ask him what he's going to do because I've seen his response to that. I don't want to get yelled at. I, I uh I am hoping, you know, with Jalen Hurts now in the Super Bowl, he's not in the Pro Bowl anymore. Tom Brady is up. So I'm hoping I could coach Tom Brady in a Pro Bowl this week, and I can give him uh, some of my advice. But, hey, I think he's playing at a high level. I think he can still play. I don't I don't see him slowing down. I think he can go into a – you know, I'm sure he would rather go in an offense where he doesn't have to throw it the most in the NFL of any other quarterback. They get a little run game going would be helpful. But – I think he's still got it, and uh, we'd love to see him out there still. Oh, best sound ever. You know what that is? That is Shopify's new sales sound. If you don't know what that means, I'll tell you what it is. That's your sign to this year. Finally forget about those run-of-the-mill resolutions and instead start your own New Year's revolution. It is the sound to start selling on Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. It doesn't even matter what you're selling. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. I mean anything succulents or stilettos, flaky salt or fine art prints, all sorts of categories, fashion, home and garden, health and beauty, essentially anything. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up right now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Rome, R-O-M-E, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash Rome to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. That first game yesterday was pretty much the ultimate buzzkill. We all went from absolutely hyped to watching the best story in the NFL, try to keep it going against the best team in the NFC this season, and then Brock Purdy got hurt on their very first possession, and that was pretty much that. Like, ball game, thanks for coming. I'm not saying that the Niners didn't fight. I'm just saying they had no chance to win that game with a fourth-string quarterback or a one-armed Brock. Hey, Alvy, 
This is Frisco host. What are you doing hey, over Frisco there? Frisco This is Frisco host, Alvy. What's going on over there? Did you try? I thought that's what you tried to do. That dude also had, you're right, it's fair. He had one arm. Anyway, it's all about another <laughs> brutal break for Kyle Jr. Lobster Shanahan. This guy's got to become or be the unluckiest head coach ever, at least when it comes to quarterbacks. And he did an amazing job even having them there. But they cannot catch a break. And clearly, you go through that enough. You lose a quarterback. You lose a quarterback. You find this revelation, like lightning in a bottle. Then you lose that quarterback. And then you've got to go to a four-string quarterback who you know had no idea he was going to play in that game. I mean, it's amazing that they got that far, but it was only a matter of moments or time before it bit him in the ass. You can't live like that forever. So they can't catch a break. It finally caught up to them. And yes, that's frustrating as hell to all of them. Listen to George Kittle after the game. How's that feel to lose an NFC Championship game because I don't have a quarterback? Pretty <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, that's about it. Right. It felt awesome. How do you think it felt? No, he said it felt pretty bleepy. Pretty That is pretty much it. They didn't have a quarterback. Therefore, they did not stand a chance, especially against those assassins on Philly's D-line. And that does have to feel pretty crappy, especially when it means you essentially have to endure a Philly coronation in Philly. Yo, Philly, how are we all living this morning? Is the city still standing? Did y'all make it through the night? Because downtown looked like a scene from The Purge after that game. I mean, that was some post-apocalyptic bleep. It's not like city officials didn't know it was coming. It's not like city officials did not try to prevent it. My point, it's not like city officials had a prayer. You can use every last ounce of Crisco in the entire universe, and you weren't keeping them off those poles or lampposts because, of course, they greased everything up before the game, and, of course, it didn't matter. It did not stop Philly fan from getting up the light poles and the lampposts and even the bus stops because nothing can stop Philly fan. Check out this actual audio of an entire group of Philly fans falling through the roof of a glass bus stop. I told you. Like I'm telling you, this can happen. We're going to fall through the roof. Listen, I'll say it again. You're not a true Philly fan. Far be it for me to say, you know, I'm a California native. Philly fan, do not take offense to this. I don't want to be on the wrong side of you, and I love you. But you're not a true Philly fan until you've eaten a horse crap sando. You're not a Philly fan until you've climbed to the top of a lamppost and taken a tomahawk Grey Goose bottle off your head. You are not a true Philly fan until you climb up on a pole or a roof and fall through a bus stop roof. That, why do you think they do it? To celebrate, sure. But they want to prove that they are legitimate fans. And you're not until something like that happens. This is why I'm checking in on y'all this morning. Because as long as you survive the night, it's got to be an amazing morning in Philly. An amazing morning for the Eagles. An amazing morning for the biggest Philly bro to ever coach a Philly team. That's right. That's right. I've got my own jungle Tourette's. That's right.
Nick Sirianni and company caught an enormous break with the quarterback situation for Frisco yesterday. But let's not act like they had nothing to do with the break. They earned that break by being the clear best team in the conference all year long. They earned that break by knocking those quarterbacks the hell out. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, ever. But they didn't just get hurt on a fluke. It's really bad luck and really unfortunate for Frisco. But why'd they get hurt? Because they got four guys who have 11 sacks or more that are coming after the quarterback. When you can just kind of roll and Dominican Sue in there, you know it's an issue. The Eagles did not fluke or luck their way into anything yesterday. They belong in the Super Bowl. Hell, the reason Frisco didn't have that quarterback, again, is because Philly knocked him and his backup the hell out. And Jalen Hurts belongs in the Super Bowl. He just does not belong on a stage with a microphone. I mean, I respect the hustle. Can't really knock the hustle, but I can knock the sound. It sounded terrible. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. Fly, Eagles, fly. Go ahead, touch down, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high. And watch those Eagles fly. Fly, Eagles, fly on the road to victory. I don't know. I thought my dude was going to drop an uh-oh right in the middle of that. And what, what's everybody's biggest fear? Public speaking. You know what's even scarier? Public singing. Personally, I think I'd prefer when Jason Kelsey is singing. And Jason Kelsey is now one more game away from getting a chance to top no one likes us. No one likes us. No one likes us. No one likes us. We don't care. We're fulfilling. No one likes us. We don't care. No one likes us. No one likes us. No one likes us. We don't care. We're the Eagles. Eagles. No one likes us. We don't care. I mean, what's my opinion matter? Probably not at all, but that's a Philly song. That's an Eagles song that I can get with that I really like. You imagine being the parents of the Kelsey bros? Brother. How utterly insane is that? Both of them in the Super Bowl, and they're both absolute legends. It's incredible. I already asked once today, but again, what's better than the Kelsey bros? Answer, the Kelsey bros playing each other in the Super Bowl, which is exactly what we're going to get. This is none of that Harbaugh stuff, right? Harbaugh v. Harbaugh on the sideline. Hey now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Of course. Can I tell you, I'm starving after every workout. So, this time, do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender. And it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef extremely seriously. And you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried out, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness. Teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those who like to take things up a notch. 
So next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see exactly what you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, clones, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Mike Jones, let's go. What's up? He is Mike Jones. Mike, it's great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing well, Jim. How are you doing? Good, good. Mike, great to have you. So let me first start with Patrick Mahomes. As busted up as he was, Mike, was there any chance that Mahomes was going to let his team lose that game last night? No, I, I don't I don't think so. You just really got that sense watching his movements, um, knowing the way he approached the week, um, and then, you know, the way things unfolded late game. He was just going to do whatever it took. Um, you know, the first half watching him, you probably wouldn't have really realized that he had been injured. Second half, there was a couple times where he was hopping on one foot and you could see him moving with more of a limp, but he continued to raise his game. It's it's just like, you know, poetic, I guess, that his one of his biggest plays was made with his feet um, as he scrambled for that, you know, that five yards in the first down and then drew the late um, hit as well. But he was just determined. No, we're not going down to these guys a fourth straight time. We are not going to get denied the opportunity to return to the Super Bowl. I'm going to do everything in my power uh, to make sure that this team wins. Mike Jones joining us. You know, Mike, nothing but respect, of course, for Joe Burrow. Absolutely love this guy. And I even love that he said that his championship window is actually his entire career. That said, as you know, nothing is guaranteed, not even for a guy that great. So having said that, how much of a missed opportunity do you think that was for Cincinnati, given the way they rallied in the second half, and they did have numerous opportunities to finish? No, I, I, I totally agree with you that it was a big missed opportunity because you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, right now, yes, he's young, but he's going to be up for a big contract very soon. And then you're going to have salary cap restrictions, um, so you're not going to be able to load up the roster around him the same way as we see in like this year, even with, um, with uh, Kansas City, having to trade away Tyreek Hill and having to go with kind of a, a committee wide receiver core instead of having, you know, real star um, wide receivers, there's more weight on the quarterback. And so um, Mahomes said it last night. He said, you know, everything happened so fast. I won MVP. I won the Super Bowl. I thought that was just going to be how it was. And I see now how hard it is just to get back there, let alone win a second one. So for, for Burrow, yeah, you know, they were there last year. They had a really good chance this year and fell short. And you just don't know. You, you, I think that we're going to continue to see excellence out of him, but you hope that they can continue to put the pieces around him so that way they have a chance. And, um, yeah, it's one that's going to sting for them because they're that close and you just don't know. Hey, I don't think the Rams expected to have the big drop-off they did after winning the Super Bowl last year. Um, it happens. And um, it's hard. you got to go through growing pains just to get back there. And we'll see what happens with Cincinnati and uh, the guys around Joe Burrow. I agree, Mike. I made that same point about the Rams a few moments earlier. Mike Jones is joining us. Mike, what about the NFC? The Eagles had three more sacks yesterday. That gives them 70 in the regular season already. I mean, it is early. But as you start to think about that Super Bowl matchup, let me ask you about this one key. How do you see the battle between the Eagles' front seven and the Chiefs' offensive line, especially given Mahomes' health status? Yeah, I think that his ankle will be a little more better, a little better, a little stronger than what we saw last night um, because that was progress. But still, this is a really fierce pass rush. Um, they had, you know, four or five guys with double-digit sacks. Um, they, the way Hassan Reddick is playing right now is just 
you know, he's on another level. And so I do think that there's going to be a challenge um, for this Chiefs team, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, to find ways to get the ball out of Mahomes' hands very quickly, finding ways to bolster their pass protection. Um, you know, they did a decent job against um, that, that Bengals defense. Uh, but this team that they're about to go up against, this defense, I don't think that they faced a, a unit uh, this fierce. And so, you know, when you look at that, you take that all into account. You know, these games are, are won and lost in the trenches. And if you're the Eagles, you got to feel kind of good about your chances of getting after him and disrupting his flow. Uh, because as we saw last night, they really struggled to run the ball against Cincinnati. Um, and a lot is on Mahomes. So if the Eagles can can – take away the run and pin back the ears and come after them, uh, that really helps their chances. I think so, right? And the only flaw, if you want to call it that, is Philadelphia's ability to stop the run. But, you know, I, I have faith that they can do that. It's not that they can't. They just haven't done a great job, but they can. Let me ask you this, Mike. 35 years after Doug Williams became the first black quarterback to start in mm-hmm. and win a Super Bowl, we now have a matchup between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. How significant is this milestone matchup? It's very significant. I know some people don't want to hear it, but it is just because of the fact, because you mentioned, okay, 35 years ago, Doug Williams was the first. And right before then, you know, Joe Gibbs believed that he could lead them to a Super Bowl, but a lot of people still did not think that a black quarterback could, you know, win a Super Bowl for a team. You know, there are still opportunities were hard to come by. And now here we are, and some people say, oh, I don't even think about, you know, their color. They're just good quarterbacks, good people. Well, that's progress in a way as well. You know, I don't believe you that you, you don't think about their color. But if you were just looking at these as quality young men and as excellent quarterbacks, then that's all that anybody has wanted. So in a way, it's a celebration. Here we are, finally, there are two um, that are out there about to go toe-to-toe, two among the best at their position um, in this league, which is, you know, it's very hard to get there. So it is significant. Um, it's a sign of progress and something that shouldn't be overlooked. Mike Jones writes for The Athletic. He is joining us right now. Mike, I thought you and a few of your colleagues had an interesting piece this weekend going into the games. You had said that you felt that among the quarterbacks, you had the most faith or felt strongly about Jalen Hurts and the way he might play this weekend. Obviously, they didn't need him to do a whole lot this weekend, but how did he look to you? You know, he didn't look quite as, I mean, obviously, great determination. He got the job done. As a passer, there still is a little bit, you know, things look a little shaky. I'm wondering about his shoulder, Um, but hey, he's gutting it out. The thing that now that they are here at the Super Bowl uh, that I wonder is, okay, they really haven't had a tough challenge. You know, the Giants was a blowout. They didn't really even have to really depend on him to to throw the ball a whole lot um, against the 49ers. So are you battle-tested enough uh, to go out here and go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes? Um, That's the real question. You know, my questions about Mahomes entering this past weekend were what he was going to be able to do with his ankle. Um, But obviously he was able to execute at a very high level despite that. So, um, you know, there will be pressure on Hurts. To you know, I think the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs might struggle to figure out how to defend him, but there will be pressure on him because you know that Mahomes can score and score quickly, so he's got to find a way, Hurts does, 
to continue to uh, you know lead the Eagles, put points on the board, and make sure that they um, can stay a step ahead if their defense is giving them the backing that we think that they can give them. Mike Jones joins me for a few more moments. You know, Mike, it, it's been said the last few years that the running back position is completely overvalued. It's a quarterback league. It's a passing league. I mean, I'll say this. Philadelphia runs the hell out of the ball. I mean, they really run the ball. Does the running game still matter, and does it still matter especially this time of year? It does still matter. Um, And look, we saw yesterday where uh, the Chiefs struggled to run the football, but we saw the teams like Philadelphia who were able to, to really have that balance. It really served them well. When you're able to run the football, you can dictate the line of scrimmage. You can control the time of possession. You keep your opposing offense off the field. And it just makes you more varied. A team can't just pin back their ears, come after the quarterback. They can't just, you know, focus um, on loading up the box. Uh, And so I think that, yeah, the team that's able to attack with the most balance um, is the team that's going to have the most success. And if you look at the Eagles, um, not only do they have Miles Sanders that plays well and is running really well, Jalen Hurts, uh, just the amount of things, whatever you can throw at a defense for them to have to prepare for, uh, then that that makes their job that much harder. And so, yeah, you know, I know we say this is a passing league, but this time of year, you've got to be balanced. You've got to be able to have times where you can pick up tough yards by grinding it out um, and, and controlling the clock. And so, yeah, they, that plays well for what the Eagles do. We are talking to Mike Jones. Mike, before you go, and I want to ask about Kellen Moore, who already reportedly has ended up someplace else. But going back, Dallas and Kellen Moore reportedly have agreed to, quote, mutually part ways. Should we just assume that Mike McCarthy fired him? Is that what they mean by mutually parting ways? Well, I had heard that Kellen Moore's contract was up and that there were frictions between McCarthy and him. And so there were people who felt like, you know what, they're probably going to go in a different direction there. So, um, you know, because there were frictions there and because obviously uh, there was, you know, some, I guess, disappointment. Now we hear Mike McCarthy's going to call the plays. Um, they felt like, you know, there's no need of us continuing this relationship anymore, but you know, since his contract is up, you can't say he was really fired, uh, but they just decided they were not going to extend him. It's going to be interesting uh, to see. Um, I felt like there were a lot of times that uh, Kellen Moore, couldn't make up his mind what strengths he wanted to play to with the Cowboys, you know, and lack of consistency. Can Mike McCarthy bring that in his play calling? Um, and, you know, will Kellen Moore find more balance um, and discipline his play calling uh, for the Chargers? I don't know. Real question marks. Hmm, I was going to ask you, do you like that fit? It looks like the Chargers have already snatched him up. I mean, I know why he would want them. Good opportunity for right. him. But do you think that's a good fit for him and them? I don't know if it's a good fit for for them. I again, you're, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I would want to go work with Justin Herbert as well. Um, but they have a really good running back in Austin Eckler, and there were times that um, you know Kellen Moore had two good running backs with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, and didn't use them and put too much on uh, Ezekiel you know, on uh, Dak Prescott. Then there were times that he did really run the ball well. It just kind of was fluctuated what he wanted. I think that you need somebody that has great vision and consistency and discipline, and you know, hey, this is our calling card. This is our identity. When you look at the great offenses with Andy Reid, with, the, with Kyle Shanahan, or, you know, with Sirianni even, and with Buffalo, you know what they do well. You know what they're going to do. And kind of don't know with Kellen Moore what he, he wants to always do. So we'll see if he can find that balance and help uh, further elevate Justin Herbert. 
and his supporting cast. Mike Jones, my guest. Mike, I appreciate all this content. How about one more thought? I love, love Miami taking the big swing and bringing in Vic Fangio to run their defense. How big of a get is he for the Dolphins? Oh, he, he's a, a big get. He's a guy who is regarded as one of the best defensive minds um, in football. We know that they have a lot of talented pieces on that side of the ball there, and so now you have an aggressive guy that is um, known for a lot of years for producing stingy defenses. That's just going to ease more pressure on their offense and on Tua because it sounds like that's who they're, they say they're investing in. We'll, we'll see if that's just lip service. But either way, you've got to have, as we see, a championship-caliber defense if you want to do anything, um, and Vic Fangio is a great guy. Um, you know, he had a relationship, knows Mike um, McDaniel, um, and so I think it'll be a good fit. So, because you mentioned Tua, Tua, let me ask you one quick follow. Any sense of when he's clear and out of the protocol? Or, I mean, could his career already be in jeopardy? I have heard that he actually was clear, but they just didn't want him messing around and going to the Pro Bowl stuff. You know, um, you know there's been a couple of different conflicting things, but every sense I get is that they feel good about where he is right now, but just want to be careful. But, again, all it takes is one hit. As we've seen, he's already had multiple concussions. I'd be concerned. Um, I definitely would address the depth of your quarterback position there uh, because you just don't know. You hope that he'll be okay. But this isn't like, you know, you know he needs to get better with his passing accuracy or something. This is something that you kind of can't control, brain injuries. You can try to protect them better, but it's a scary thing. It's a really scary thing. He's a national NFL writer for The Athletic. He previously covered the NFL for USA Today and Washington Post. He is Mike Jones. Mike, great job. Really good to have you on the show. Thanks so much for doing that. Hey, thanks, Jim. I enjoyed it. Let's go to Kansas. Scott in Kansas. What's going on, Scott? How are you? Thanks for the vibe, man. Yeah, we heard all this crap coming out of Bengal Nation all week long. I've got just one message for them. Their championship history is built right in the name of the city. Senta nada. Thanks, man. I'm out. Thank goodness you are, dude. Senta nada? Bro, maybe you let Kelsey handle all the smack for you. Know your role and shut your mouth, I you think, jabroni. I think that guy's got it covered, bro. Cincinnati? Cincinnati negative didn't want any of that. Cincinnati negatory. Cincinnati not today. Cincinnati. Cincinnati nobody. Let's go to Kansas. Scott in Kansas. What's going on, Scott? How are you? Thanks for the vibe, man. Yeah, we heard all this crap coming out of Bengal Nation all week long. I've got just one message for them. Their championship history is built right in the name of the city. Senta nada. Thanks, man. I'm out. Thank goodness you are, dude. Senta nada? Bro, maybe you let Kelsey handle all the smack for you. Know your role and shut your mouth, I you think, jabroni! I think that guy's got it covered, bro. Cincinnati? Cincinnati negative didn't want any of that. Cincinnati negatory? Cincinnati not today? Cincinnati? Cincinnati nobody! nobody. 
Let's go to Wichita, Drizzle. Drizzle, what's up, dude? Yo, what's happening? What you want me, Rome? Yeah. It is the real Drizzle live in the building. How you living, baby? Good, dude. Good. How about you? Yo, man, I can't call it because I don't want to spoil it. You dig what I'm sizzling? But, yo, check game. There was a guy. His name was Johnny. He was in New York. And he came for me not fully understanding the consequences of coming for me. He was misinformed, like I said. It's not a golden ticket. It's a specific invite. And the thing was, when he called trying to impersonate me, he sounded a lot like Sloth's mom. I mean, I felt like dude woke up and had a fifth of vodka and a pack of smokes for breakfast. It was like a bad Rocky Balboa impersonation. I sound more New York than he sounds in New York. I should probably call him and be like, hey, Romy, how you doing? What's going on? You living good? Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing good. I'm doing good. How you doing? You doing good? He's like, yo, man, check game. Romy, Romy, do I sound like that when I call? No, I don't. But it's all good. Because his girl says my name in his sleep. That's why he's mad at me. That's why a lot of people are mad at me. They're like, yo, Jimmy, I don't understand. Why do you let Drizzle call in and self-gloss and Drizzle did this and Drizzle did that? Y'all mad for what? Because I was gone and then I came up and then I did something to make something for my life? And y'all mad at that? Here's the thing. A lot of people who ain't been through nothing in their lives got something to say about somebody who's been through something in their life. He didn't make no excuses. He didn't do nothing but take charge of his life. And they call in and they say this and they say that because they ain't got nothing else to say. All they want to do is crack on how I was once homeless, but now I'm making it. Jimmy, I'm sitting here in a suit. Jimmy, I'm sitting here in a brand-new whip. Jimmy, I'm about to get a new house. Jimmy, they don't understand what's going on. They mad for what? Because the busters, the haters, the this, the that, Drizzle tries to be this, Drizzle tries to be that. Let me tell you what Drizzle is. Drizzle is that guy. Drizzle is the guy who don't make no excuses. Drizzle is the guy who comes in and dominates the jungle because he's been through the concrete jungle. Now he can make it in the lone jungle. Drizzle is the guy that's getting his paperweight all the way up, and he's still sitting hating. But Jimmy... Jimmy knows the deal. That's why Jimmy loves me. Now, as far as the playoffs go, look, Jimmy, it was a bad look. It's a bad look for the Eagles. But you know what, though? They dominated. It was a bad look for that mayor in Cincinnati, just like it was a bad look for anybody trying to come after me. So when they come for me, they better come correct. At least Vic and NoCal showed. No, no, Driz, Shark! Shark, dude, get to the shore. Swim. Driz, swim. Shark. 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 Get out of the water. Get out of the water. Shark. Shark. All right, so what happened there? The shark warning comes when I need to get somebody off the line, but I don't want to run them. I afraid he... What's going on, my brother? Oh! We've all been watching 
That monster in KC performed like no athlete ever had. And always behind him for the world to see a beaming Mr. Burrow, smiling Patrick's dad. How proud he must have been to be Patrick's dad each time he got maimed by Chris Jones. How great it must have felt to be Patrick's dad watching his son be better year after year. Good night! Unbelievable. I afraid he. We are not worthy, brother. We are brother. not worthy. I mean, I guess I got to give you a little bit of background to understand. So you understand just how brilliant that was. We knew he'd call today, being the ultimate Chiefs fan. We knew that he would say, I told you so today. Little did I know that he'd work that into a song the way he just did, but I should have known. Good night, 